the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I'm joined by Byron York of the Washington Examiner and Fox News. Byron, the president is tweeting up a storm about fake news this morning, and a lot of this, I think, goes back to the question that Philip Rucker asked yesterday. I want to play it and then get your reaction to it. Cut number 16, the president in the Rose Garden with the Washington Post, Philip Rucker. Phil. Mr. President, in one of your Mother's Day tweets, you appear to accuse President Obama of the biggest political crime in American history by far. Those were your words. What crime exactly are you accusing President Obama of committing, and do you believe the Justice Department should prosecute him? Uh, Obamagate. It's been going on for a long time. It's been going on from before I even got elected, and it's a disgrace that it happened. And if you look at what's gone on, and if you look at now all of this information that's being released, and from what I understand, that's only the beginning. Uh, Some terrible things happened, and it should never be allowed to happen in our country again. And you'll be seeing what's going on over the next, over the coming weeks. But I, and I wish you'd write honestly about it. But unfortunately, you choose not to do so. Yeah, John, please. Crime. What is the crime exactly that uh, you're accusing him of? You know what the crime is. The crime is very obvious to everybody. All you have to do is read the newspapers, except yours. So, Byron York, what is? Good morning. How are you, Byron? <laughs> good morning, Hugh. Uh, what is Obamagate? Well, first of all, uh, a political crime is not necessarily a crime crime that the Justice yep. Department prosecutes, but Obama, uh, Obamagate is a question, basically. What was President Obama's knowledge of? What was his participation in the dubious acts of the FBI, the Justice Department, the intelligence agencies uh, in the Trump-Russia matter? Because I know that ever since Republicans first began discovering some of the funky things the intelligence agencies, the FBI, law enforcement were doing um, after, you know, starting in the summer of 2016 uh, to investigate the Donald Trump campaign. When they first started learning about that, their question was always, what did President Obama know about this? After all, he was the president up until January 20, 2017. Um, and they've never been able to really find out. And what's been interesting about uh, some of the papers that were released as a result of the Justice Department uh, moving to drop the charges against Michael Flynn is that we learned more about a thing like the January 5th, 2017 meeting. Uh, And we know very specifically that President Obama knew about the Michael Flynn wiretap, knew about the results of the wiretap. And now we'd like to know more. I don't know if you've had a chance to read Exhibit 4 to that filing yet, the Sally Yates uh, record of conversation with the special counsel, Byron. It is the most explosive. Yeah, It's just riveting reading. And my definition of Obamagate is the intentional interference with the peaceful, seamless 
cooperative transition of power between presidential administrations. Uh, it may not be criminal to mess around with that, but it's certainly destructive of the republic's greatest political tradition. And what went on between that January 5th meeting in the Oval and Jim Comey setting up Mike Flynn? And it's clear, Sally Yates is the boss. She's She outranks Brennan and Comey and, and um, everyone on the National Security Council. She outranks Clapper. And she doesn't know what's going on in January 5. And the president, according to her interview, this is Sally, doesn't want to know more than he already knows. What do you call that, Byron? In my world, we call that a cutout. Yes. Well, the, we, the, the big thing we learned, you know, in that exhibit was that uh, as far as the, the wiretap of Flynn was concerned, Sally Yates learned about it from the president himself. Yep. Uh, which is really uh, astonishing. It was, it, was, it was not that she learned that the president knew about it. She learned about it herself from that. Now, the, the papers seem to present, I'm not sure this is all totally correct, seem to present the FBI as the, as the ma- major rogue agency here, that if you look at what uh, Mary McCord, who was a top FBI official, wrote the other day, denouncing the Justice Department for, um, for dropping the charges, she basically said, well, at the FBI, we wanted to warn the White House about this conversation between uh, Flynn and Kislyak, the Russian ambassador. We wanted to inform them of it and warn them about it. And it's, um, excuse me, it's the Justice Department they wanted to do it. But the FBI uh, decided to just go all rogue and go over there and question him on pain of perjury uh, about it. What they, What we really wanted to do was just give them a heads up about it. Now, if, if they had done that, we wouldn't have had a lot of this stuff that, that's happened. But instead, they went over, they um, questioned Flynn, and as you, you you followed all this 302 stuff. The 302 yes. stuff is unbelievably fishy. Uh, the tail of the 302 is unbelievably fishy. Um, and even then, they decide not to do anything about it. Uh, James Comey tells Congress in March of 2017 that the agents didn't think Flynn lied, and he, he, Comey, did not expect any action to be taken as a result of this. The Flynn case is put up on the shelf. Then Mueller is appointed. There's a desire to pressure Trump in any way possible. Um, the Flynn case is taken down off the shelf. Uh, he is pressured into uh, pleading guilty, and hopefully, they think, he will spill the beans on the whole collusion episode. Didn't work you know, you know, Byron. Uh, uh, you know the the story, the purloined letter. Uh, that Sally Yates interview is one of is so astonishing because they are agonizing. It's like uh, it, it's a soap opera at the Department of Justice. Do we tell them? Do we not tell them? Do we tell them? Do we not tell them? Comey does not consult them. He works for them. He does not outrank the Attorney General, acting or otherwise, and, and he has no right to do this. They know she wants to tell the White House, so they lickety-split sent over a stroke and somebody else to trap Flynn against the wishes of the Attorney General. It is astonishing. And what Yates does not say, other people were in that January 5 meeting, other national security aides besides Susan Rice. I'm I'm guessing Ben Rhodes, but I don't know for sure. I think Durham is drilling down on this, Byron. This is what I think he's all about, is that January 5 through the Flynn interview. I think that's what we're coming down to in Obamagate. And I am going to be shocked if we are not shocked by what he finds.
Now, we should say there was one other person that we still haven't mentioned yet in the January 5 meeting, and that was Vice President Joe Biden. Yes. Uh, who should definitely be asked about this, because the scenario in the meeting is, as portrayed in this, this uh, uh, Flynn, uh, excuse me, the Yates um, 302, the scenario is the intel chiefs have gone to the White House January 5 to brief him on the results of the intelligence community assessment of Russian meddling into, into the election. Uh, at the end of this, uh, Obama dismisses everybody and says, you, James Comey, and you, Sally Yates, you stay. And also in the room uh, are Susan Rice, the national security advisor, and Vice President Joe Biden. And you're right, maybe some other national security people we don't know about. And that's when this conversation And occurs. Brennan. But Joe and Biden Brennan. is in the room. Yeah, Brennan, Clapper, Biden, uh, Rice, and others, plus Yates and Comey. And everyone gets ushered out except Yates and Comey. Right. And, and, and Joe Biden is always in the room. And we know that, by the way. Oh, did Biden stick around with Yates and Comey? Did Biden stay there with Yates and Comey? According to Susan Rice, because you remember oh. Susan Rice wrote the funky email on yes. January 20th, uh, Inauguration Day, a little afternoon. She writes the email to herself specifically about the January 5 meeting. And she says, President Obama made clear to everybody that he wanted this handled by the book. And she uses the phrase by the book twice, which is what raises eyebrows among Republicans <laughs> saying it's kind of a protest too much situation. What's oh, you bet. On? It's Wiley E. Coyote taking a delivery from Acme Inc., right? It's, it's just such a, <laughs> such a cartoon memo. <laughs> yes, here are the books I ordered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Byron. When Philip Rucker asked that, is that question in good faith? Everybody knows what Obamagate is. Everybody knows. Uh, everybody at least should know. Uh, but you have to remember a, a, a lot of this stuff. Um, a lot of this stuff was uncovered by Republicans. Specifically, Devin Nunes was the leader in uncovering this stuff in 2017, 2018. And there was fierce resistance in some parts of the press. They tried to discount it, tried to undermine it, tried to uh, tried to argue that it was uh, uh, untrue or uh, biased or whatever. You remember that. Remember the the uh, the Nunes memo that re- that revealed that Democrats in the Hillary Clinton campaign had paid for the dossier, and yep. the FBI and, the, and a lot of their um, cheerleaders in the press absolutely condemned it. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. In the first quarter of this year, GDP declined at an annualized rate of 5%. And while that drop might set off alarm bells and panic for some... The truth is that this is a testament to the resilience of the American economy. Despite the widespread closures and spiking unemployment, we're still producing 95% as much wealth as we were last year. While some sectors have been devastated by the crisis, many of them are not massive drivers of growth. Don't get me wrong. This painful national quarantine is hitting many people hard. But this crisis has shown that at its core, 
our economy is resilient, and we can look forward to a strong finish once the shutdowns are ended and all the suppressed economic power is unbound. All in all, look for America to beat expectations yet again. I'm Jerry Boyer. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. For those considering careers in politics and policy.